Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. This episode is a good one. I think I say that about all of them, but I really truly mean it. And this episode in particular is with Nicole Jackson Miller, who I'm going to tell you a very silly story. When we first met, it was at a live event and I like knew who she was on the internet, but we had never like spoken before. And I was like a little bit nervous because she's really cool. And um, (laughs) so we like hit it off. We did some partnered project together and then in the following day, there was like a, a celebration lunch because we joined the same program and we were sitting next to each other and she was newly married and she went to introduce herself and she was like, hi, I'm Nicole Jackson Miller and kind of like laughed because it was funny to say like her two last names because before that she was just known as Nicole Jackson. And I had one of the most comedically timed moments ever, well, comedically timed And she was like, oh my God, I know I have to get rid of one of my names, right? And I was like, yeah, probably Nicole. (laughs) I hope you're LOLing right now. It was a, it was perfect. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. I'll stop blabbling. Um, Nicole is phenomenal. She is one of my favorite human beings. We talk almost every day in a thread called water cooler witches, which is what we pretend like we're standing by the water cooler since we work from home. Um, and, I love her. She is one of my go-to people for advice. We actually had a podcast together called Mindfulness Matters, all about conscious conversations and communication. She is a master at that. She is a master at team building. um, And she's one of the nicest humans on the planet. So her official bio says, Nicole Jackson Miller helps done-for-you service providers grow and scale their businesses without burning out. She brings her experience managing million-dollar television projects, growing a successful management agency, and helping dozens of business owners scale to support her clients in leading efficiently with greater ease. Nicole is the host of the Scale Your Way podcast, which shares simple, proven strategies for done-for-you service-based companies to help them scale their businesses so they can have more time, more money, and create a bigger impact and better life. When she's not helping people become the best leaders they can be, you can find Nicole playing piano, flying planes, yes, she has her pilot's license, or walking her dog scout. (laughs) Uh, Nicole is absolutely amazing, and this conversation was really fun and I think it might be helpful as well. So without further ado, enjoy Nicole Jackson Miller. Yay, thank you so much for being here, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. So <laughs> my first my first question to kind of open this up um, is who are you and how did you get here? <laughs> oh boy. Um... You know it's my favorite question. <laughs> I'm Nicole. Um, how did I get here? So, um, yeah, I, well, I'm very good friends with you, (laughs) (laughs) which is how I got into this podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm Nicole. I, um, 
I help service providers grow and scale their businesses. And I got here because I was a service provider myself. Mm-hmm. I um, came into the online space. I did virtual assistant services very briefly and um, then moved into project management and grew my own agency and got to meet a lot of other done-for-you service providers and really saw that there was a need for more support and community there. And so I fully transitioned into teaching and consulting and coaching um, that space. And it's just been so very fulfilling. Um, I love talking about leadership, um, leading yourself so that you can better lead other people. And that's kind of what this all has morphed into over the years. If I were to look back and see, you know, before I had my own business, I worked in television and, you know, I think there's sometimes when you look back at your, or when you're in your life, you think, why am I here? What is this doing? How is this serving me? And, um, you know, looking back at all of those different like job experiences, what I realized was that kind of that common thread was being able to connect with people and helping people be, um, you know, be themselves and, in doing that, allowing them to better lead their teams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a lot of different management practices, which were, some were incredible and some were absolutely terrible. And it was just kind of like interesting to observe. And then in practicing it myself, there were a bunch of mistakes that I made. And there were a lot of, you know, like, I guess if you would call it wins or whatever, like there were a lot of things that I was super proud of, um, but really pulling that all together and bringing that to, um, bringing that to the online space. So that's really, that's what lights me up. Yeah. That's why that's my, my mission. Um, and that's why I'm here. Yeah. I love that. And so it's interesting to me. So when you were little, right, like the, the pathway of like leadership and management and all of these things, like that to me, like, not many of us grow up thinking like, I want to be a leader. (laughs) However, I feel like you have a different story around that, right? Like, yeah, uh can you tell us like, what, what did, what was in you as a child or, you know, like, what were you kind of pulling as far as like, this is what I want to be or do when I grow up? Yeah. So it was like so fascinating because I would watch, um, I would watch television shows and one show that I watched was Matlock. And so I was like convinced that I wanted to be an attorney. And so when I was super young, I would read about like law. (laughs) And, um, and so that was interesting, but what was also went through my mind with that specifically because Matlock, I think it was mostly around like murder and, like mystery. So I also was a very highly sensitive child. Um, <laughs> so like I watched, I think it was like ET and cried for hours because mm-hmm. he had to leave. Like, uh, like the Lion King, I was devastated. It was just like, I couldn't handle it. Like, so yeah. I was kind of interested in mystery, but at the same time I knew like, it wasn't something that I could 
probably physically, mentally, and emotionally withstand as a career, you know, at the young age of eight. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's so funny. I watched Matlock when I was homesick. I would like binge Matlock. I wanted to stay home to watch it. Yes. There was a level of safety with Matlock that like, unlike Law and Order SVU, I would feel like, "Ah!" Uh Matlock, you could like safely explore what was happening. And that's exactly why I would watch that show because there were other ones that I liked, but I'd have to like watch it during the daytime and like then afterwards disconnect from it. Right. And so Matlock, I, I could be there with it. And, um, and so from there I'm like, okay, well, um, I don't know if this is for me necessarily. And, um, my dad was at the time applying for all of these management positions and, I was trying to under, it seemed like something that he, you know, he wanted that it was something that was respected. It was something that was like, really, you know, I, I like, I just remember thinking, Ooh, management, it must be yeah. this like amazing magical place. And that everywhere, everyone wants to be, you know, as you just like think about yourself from like the lens of being a, a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, well, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, that's, I, I totally, I want to be a manager um, because I knew that it was about, it was about managing people. And, you know, I, I, I was, he was explaining to me a little bit about the differences between what he was doing and what he'd be doing as a manager. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, that's what I want to do. So he had this big management book and I wish I could find it. I actually messaged my mom to see if we still had it, yeah. but it was this huge management book. And I remember same thing with the law book. I was like in my bed reading through this management book. I had no idea what I was reading, but I'm like, this is, this is what I want to do. <laughs> that is so, I love that. It's so funny. And I had never thought of this until you just shared that about the book. But I now remember too, going through my mom um, was in management as well, but healthcare management. And she went through the Dale Carnegie course and like won the award in the Dale Carnegie course. And I remember going through that book and being like, oh, this is interesting. And I think one of the first like personal development books I ever read was how to win friends and influence people. Oh my gosh. Which is so incredible. Yeah. Which is very like who I am and what I do in my own way. So Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, another book that I remember my cousin actually gave me who did go to law school and mm-hmm. was an attorney. And he gave this to me, I think when I graduated high school was the book Getting to Yes. Mm. And it's all about like how to form, you know, how to have conversations to come to an agreement, which yep. like looking back, I like devoured. And I remember telling him, this is amazing. This is so helpful. And he said, Oh, I'm glad you like it. I wasn't really sure, you know, being in high school, if that would be something that you would enjoy. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is great. And it was so funny because then when I got to working in TV and, and part of my job, a oh, big part of my job was negotiating contracts mm-hmm. um, for the company and my boss gave me the book again. And I'm just like, wow, this book keeps Wow, you came full circle. Yeah. And now when I take a look at what I do now and really kind of helping people have these conversations and lead themselves and lead their team and their clients, it's all about how can we <clears throat> how can we find a solution for, for everyone? So yeah. yeah, those books really make a difference. It's interesting how we're like pulled to them even at younger ages. And then I feel like they kind of expand, especially when you have your own business and you're like, stepping into leadership, a lot of the same themes and values, things that we found interesting before, like show up here too. So true. So true. Uh, one of the things you mentioned before, as you were first talking about like helping 
service-based business owners really step into leadership and managing their team and their people themselves, all of that stuff. Um, you mentioned about it, them doing it in a way that like is for them or being themselves. Can you speak a little bit to that? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen, like I said before, I kind of, I've seen different types of management styles and mm-hmm. I've seen the type of management style where, you know, it's like, I'm right. This is the way we do things. Yeah. I like, don't, um, I don't show any vulnerability. I am tough. Like, and this is the way that we lead. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the results from that type of leadership style. And what I found is that while I think people do need to look up to somebody who is able to be calm in chaos, right. Mm-hmm. And be able to, um, really be able to feel safe with them, um, and secure. I also believe that in order to truly be able to connect with people, we have to be able to show ourselves and we have to be able to show. And, and, and that requires vulnerability. It requires, if you've make, made a mistake to say that you've made a mistake, like if we expect other people around us to admit mm-hmm. when they've made mistakes and what they're doing to fix it, like we have to be leading by example. And so a big piece of this and what I found, because at the same time that I was kind of involved in this, these different types of management practices, I was also developing my self spiritually. So mm-hmm. I was tapping into meditation. I was tapping into, um, you know, I was learning Reiki again and starting to practice that more regularly. And, you know, I realized that a big part of what I was doing was kind of separating work from personal life. And what I found in doing that was that it, there was just like a huge dis- disconnection with self. And, when I really learned through these spiritual practices to be able to pull both of them together, to be Mm -hmm. pulled, to be able to pull together me as a person and my like humanity and all of the things that made me a human being, like feelings, emotions, um, thoughts, mental, like all of the different components of being human. I actually was able to lead so much better in my work. I got promoted, (laughs) You know, I was better, better able to lead projects. I, mm-hmm. And it, by letting go of all of this control, mm-hmm. I noticed this within myself and other people obviously noticed it too, which is why I got, you know, promoted. And, you know, and, and I think like the promotion was great, but I think what was more important to me was just my, it was, there was a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And it's like, isn't this interesting that like I can be at peace with myself and others and still be able to get really incredible results. Yeah. Like to still be able to negotiate really great contracts, to still be able to have incredibly difficult conversations, to still be able to just mess up and make mistakes. But it's all like there was a sense of of, of peace with mm-hmm. it. It's like, wow, how can I tap into this more? And I remember <laughs> thinking, well, if I want to tap into it more, I should just like become a yogi and I should go away to an island and I should just meditate yeah, and full extreme. Yeah. Goodbye. You know, bye everyone. You know, you all are like a lot to handle. And I remember talking to this woman who, um, she was actually my, my Reiki teacher had held this little, um, I think it was like a holiday gathering. Mm -hmm. This woman was there and I think she was, I don't know, selling something and she was a teacher. And I was telling her a little bit about like 
what I was experiencing. And she said, well, she said, start where you are. Like the people that are around you right now need this. Like you are in a position where you can actually make change where you are right now. Like don't run away. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is really, this is the spiritual practice. And so that's when I started thinking about, okay, well, who's around me right now? Like who's coming to me right now for advice or for, leadership, like, or direction or whatever, even to vent. Like I had a lot of friends who were in management positions as well. And how can I be a presence that will help them lead in a different Mm. way? I love that kind of perspective, like without going anywhere, doing anything, just like who's around me and how can I help? Yeah. Mm, Shifting it to service. It's it's interesting to me too, because it sounds like, so coming into the corporate world as women, like we're both white women who grew up in the Northeast. And I feel like what we learned and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, if this is not what you kind of saw, but was very much that like, if, and when you go into the corporate world, you kind of drop the womanness (laughs) and like lead with that masculinity. And like, it's all business. Like, let me be strong. Um, and it sounds like as you kind of like went through that journey, it was about kind of bringing back in the feeling side of it, which we equate with femininity um, and actually using that to be like a fully embodied leader. Exactly. That's and, exactly it. Mm, and so as people are doing that, um, the, the internet space is an interesting place, right? In the online business world, we've created the space where I feel like the embodied leader, there is room for her here and mm-hmm. him, like for, yep. for all of us to kind of like create what we're doing, using our skills, gifts, and talents to charge money that feels good. It's like an even exchange. Um, When people come to you, what kind of like, you know, it's one thing to be out of it and to be looking back and to see like what that feels like and the different symptoms and stuff. Most of the time when people show up and feel like they need help, what are kind of like the human things that are at the surface that are kind of like the symptoms of that greater like embodiment work that needs to be done. Yeah. I would say that, you know, a lot of people who come to me are in a place where they're, you know, they're burnt out. They're pretty booked out, which they're very good at what they, they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're wanting to, they're wanting to grow, but I think usually the first thing is that they just want space. Like they feel like maybe they made a bad choice in doing what they're doing, or there's a lot of doubt. Um, and, Uh, There's also like, I've had a lot of people questioning their leadership abilities. And I think it's one thing to say, hey, you know, I would like to be a better leader and I'm here to learn how to do that. This is what's going on. What are some, you know, some ideas of how we can get out of this? But what I see oftentimes is a lot of um, just, um, what's the right word for it? It's like feeling really bad. Mm-hmm. about um and really beating themselves up over maybe making wrong decisions or not knowing mm-hmm. and so being able to really embrace that piece of themselves and look at those things and and I would say probably like the awareness and the judgment piece I think that's really what it boils down to that you know um mindfulness is um, being aware of something without judging it. And so um, I think what it boils down to is is being able to be mindful so that you can make change. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And I think what happens, and, and this is true for me too. And I think it's a human thing where it's like, you have this awareness and then it's like, you're criticizing yourself of either like, why am I feeling this way? Or like, well, I felt this way before and I, I thought I got over this and why am I back here again? Right. And it's all of this judgment. And I think sometimes people think that's being mindful when really it's not because there's all of this judgment that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's like a big kind of human thing um, that does shift. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I have been over the course of the past like year and a half have been pulling together resources and, and kind of like step-by-step guides for people who are in um, like my clients and my programs. And, you know, I think that with something like this, you could have, you could have a guide, but a lot of it is in like the practice of it Mm -hmm. too. And I think that's why I really love having a a mastermind community because it's being able to practice it, but it's also being able to see how other people are practicing it and integrating it. And then, and how that shifts things for them to be like, Oh, you know what? Like, that's interesting. Like they had a client who was really unhappy with their services and they fired them. And now they're just getting another client (laughs) or like I'm over here. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This never happens. Da, 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 right. And so you can kind of start, you know, it, it does come down to self, but I think being able to have a community of mm-hmm. people who are doing it is so powerful too. Yeah. I think community is super powerful. And it's an interesting thing because so much of, again, like going back to society and that corporate world is very much like, woof, and now you're alone versus again, like I think just the space is so ripe for creation. And so part of what we have done as female leaders is host communities, which is a very like feminine thing because there is so much power in sisterhood. I personally think that a lot of like the mother wound gets healed in sisterhood. Um, And that comes through even in our business arrangements, right? And like when we are dealing with... um, client back and forth and unhappy customers and having conscious conversations and all that stuff. Like it's very much personal work that you're doing in the business sphere. And you can't take the person out of business unless maybe you have like a fully automated product-based business, but right in the service sector, in coaching, in the done with you, the done for you, like this is very much relationship based and so much relational healing I think happens like behind the scenes. Totally. And like to your point about like it, it happens, even if you have a core space business, like there's still people who are running the business. And mm-hmm. so I, this is a big thing with done for you service providers where they're like, I'm done with being a done for you service provider. Yes. I'm going to have a course. I'm going to have a coaching program. All of my problems are going to go away. But if you're really looking to grow and evolve and, and, you know, scale in any way, shape or form, you have got to work with people. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's going to be more people, including (laughs) yourself. Yeah. Like people are not going to go away as lovely. I mean, I remember being a kid and getting so mad at my friends and being like, I just want to get away. I want to go on vacation. I'm out of here. And of course, like having space and a break is like helpful to process that, but there's a difference, you know, between being like, nope, I like quit this to start this other thing that, that I think is going, you know, maybe it is like the mm-hmm. best thing ever. I've, I've no problem with any sort of business model, but it's like, you still are going to have to work with people <laughs> like right. wherever you go, there we're you social are. beings. Yeah. We're social beings. Like we, 
like we do need social interaction. And I think, you know, a lot of us, especially during this like pandemic are kind of feeling that as well, where it's like this, like finding connection in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, um, so yeah, like I think being able to connect with people in that way and like really be able to grow in that way is so important if like just to have a better and more enjoyable life. <laughs> 100%. It's so interesting. I find a lot of times too, when we're talking about those moments of tenseness that people, a lot of times, like there's, there's questions when you want to change something in your business. I think it's really important to understand why, right? Especially with business model changing. And like, if you are trying to avoid a problem that keeps happening in one, does it make sense to leave and create something new? Or is that same problem going to show up in a different way there? And a lot of times what I find with myself (laughs) and clients is that that problem really is like a me thing more than a them thing. And it's interesting from like a spiritual perspective or just like a human being perspective, how like when there is something that needs to be healed, it's going to be shown to you over and over again. So Mm -hmm. when that does come up multiple times and you really have to look at that, I think it's super helpful to have a coach or an advisor or something like that. Um, Because when you're in the jar, it's really hard to read the label. (laughs) And especially in those situations when we're so triggered and when we can't access that mindfulness you were talking about, having someone who can be like, okay, this is interesting. Like, number one, let's just, how are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of having like a mentor being in community is that you have people who can hold space. Um, and from a selling perspective, that's a weird thing to sell because not you don't really understand the power until you've experienced it. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's so helpful to be able to you know, have so many times, I mean, I, this happens with myself. It happens with other people where it's like people help somebody else with something, but then it's like, when you need it for yourself, you still need that support. Mm -hmm. And so like, I get leadership support, right? Like I'm not trying. And there's ways I do think that there, I think through this, which is so powerful is that in some ways you do become your own coach. (laughs) 100%. You know? And so, and so I think that it's so interesting because I have people who have been on my program now for they've renewed for like three years and what they come to me for are they're different. It, the things are different. And sometimes there's similarities, but it's at like a different level. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're like, okay, I've already worked through blah, 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 blah. Now I'm like left with whatever the question is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, oh, okay. Like, and then we can like work through that as well. Um, but I think part of it is really that's is self-trust. It's like kindness to self. It's listening to yourself. It's taking care of yourself. It's being on your own side. And then like also being able to have that support and outside perspective. Yeah. It's so interesting. A lot of times I think when we're looking for a solution to a problem, we're looking for like the practical, like, just give me the answer. Give me the SOP. Give me the template, the formula, the perfect thing to say on my sales call. Like, let me just fix this. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, like, and I, what I love about you and what I love about me, <laughs> but really though, is that like, we can handle the problem. And that's a beautiful thing just in us being friends and kind of growing our businesses alongside each other over the years is like, you can go to the other person and be like, all right, I'm really struggling with this. Here's what I need. I need to figure out what to do with this. And then we can look at my feelings or we can show up and be like, all right, let's start with the feelings because I'm really upset about this and I need to like fix that piece. And then I know I can figure out the next piece. Yes. And I think it's interesting because 
that, that there's a difference, I think in the coaching industry, and it's hard to differentiate things from a sales page or even a sales call. Um, but like coach coaching and advising versus like leadership support, there's a level of, um, almost from codependency to like interdependence that there's like a shift and there's a whole, there's a slew of options here. And I think different coaches do this in different ways. And one of the things I really admire about you is that it is very like interdependent and very much giving people their power back versus taking on their power and being like, let me help you fix all of the things. So then they need you for everything. Totally. Well, you know, and it's like, I trust the clients that I work with, Yes. You know, and, and I, you know, I, my role, I feel like is to be able to listen, provide options and guidance and to support business owners and being empowered to make their own choices too. Mm -hmm. And you can do that as a business owner to step like back inside of yourself to be able to have some guidance to see like, oh, I didn't even think about that option, right? Like Mm -hmm. to have that guidance and then be able to then make that choice. There's a sense of empowerment. There's personal responsibility. There's all of the things that um, are needed for somebody to be able to lead their and run their business. Like, Mm -hmm. and if there are definitely coaching relationships where that's not, that's not true or not happening or whatever. And I, I just... I think everyone's on their own journey mm-hmm. and um, ultimately the business owners that I've seen like take off and have amazing success are the ones who are listening, digest it, and then make their own choice. <laughs> and so yes. I always say to people, I'm like, listen, this is, these are my thoughts. These are some options. And sometimes I'll ask questions to like pull it, the answer out of themselves, like actual coaching. And sometimes it's con- more consulting and like some, yes. some options And it's like, take what you want, like leave what, like, right. Because you know, your business better than anyone, you know, yourself better than anyone you're in these conversations with people like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so being able to just give them a little piece that kind of helps them then be able to step into that power and make those decisions and have those conversations. Like I want to teach people how to do it themselves, like how to do the process themselves, Mm -hmm. not to like do it for them. Right. It's helpful. Totally. I loved what you said around like, here are the options. Like, what would you like? And it reminds me, like, I talk about this a lot just with like being at the buffet and it's like, what would you like on your plate? I can tell you what I would put on my plate, but you have a different history and different tastes and different preferences. So like, instead of me telling you what to put on your plate, why don't I show you the buffet, help you like learn about it, if I do think something's amazing, I'll tell you. If I see something that I think you'll really like, knowing what I know about you, sure, I'll point you in that direction. But ultimately, if you want it on your plate, that's your choice mm-hmm. and your decision. And without that choice, like that to me is like an unhealthy thing. Like this totally. is then you're so dependent on another person. And then it's always like, well, let me check, let me check this. Like, let me run this pie. This and this isn't just with coaches, this is also with team members too. I've seen yes. like you know, this with teams where it's like, okay, well, I want to do this, but like, I got to check with this person or this person. And it's one thing to kind of, you know, look towards another expert and be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, is there anything I'm not seeing? Right. Mm -hmm. There's another thing to think that you can't make the decision without somebody else giving you like the pat on the back. Um, and, and so, um, so yeah, there's, 
yeah, we could talk about that all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you talk a lot about too, about kind of the element of knowing yourself and what kind of information you need to make a decision. How to like, how would you recommend people kind of like start to do that? Cause this is a lot too, when you're walking into this and you're like, but I have these problems and they need to be fixed. And the personal development sounds great. I'm here for it. And where does someone even start with that? With knowing what they want. Mm. Yeah. So I would say um, what I really like, I, I run this exercise with my clients and mm-hmm. it's super helpful. I do this myself where if you're trying to figure something out, mm-hmm. um, write it out, like just brain dump it out, write out what it is. Mm-hmm. And then put it into a question form. If you were to ask somebody else, like what would the question, what is the question out of that? And then from there, what are two potential solutions to answering that question? And so it's just a way to start to exercise the brain in starting to a identifying what's actually happening. Cause I think sometimes there's so many things that are happening inside of our heads that it's hard sometimes to even know what it is that we need. Mm-hmm. And so if you can start like at least listing some things out of what's happening and then coming up with questions, then you're like, then you exercise some solutions. Sometimes you answer your own question mm-hmm. <laughs> and other, and other times it's like, okay, well, I don't quite know the answer to this question. Let me run this by somebody, but I'm actually asking a question Mm -hmm. and the question's clear and there's some options to guide them in giving you feedback. Now, as far as like that being, you know, there's like the thing that we think we, the thing that we want and then what we actually need. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we don't know what we actually need and like, that's okay. And I think that that sometimes that comes with practice and experience But I think the more that you can start working through some of this stuff um, and and really writing it down, you'll start to get better results. Yeah, I love that idea. Something else that just popped into my head too, as you were sharing that. And again, I feel like this is the power of being community. This is why, like, not why we've been friends for so many years, but one of the like perks of our friendship too, is that sometimes asking other people questions is really to see how you feel when they share their answer versus taking their advice. That's so true. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> and I think yes. that's really, it's really healthy to have relationships like that where I don't care if you take my advice, I'm just sharing what's coming up. And like, it's not uh-huh. personal what the other person is doing. Um, and so making sure that you, like the, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, whether that's in like a paid container or if you just have a friend group or a peer masterminds, like the, the personal development that you do, whether you're doing it together in tandem, whether you're talking about it or not, but making sure that you have some people in your life or a person in your life who can really hold space for you to go through your process and let your process be for you and not for them is so important. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and because that it's so true that sometimes you ask, you ask for something and then you hear other people's opinions. I mean, there, all sorts of stuff can come up. Like I've gotten angry before. Yeah. I've seen clients get angry before or like sad or whatever when people are like sharing feedback. And I think, you know, it's something to pay attention to of like, oh, like, or maybe it's like, no, I don't want to do any of that. Like actually yeah. <laughs> other thing, right? And so it's just like, oh, but I wouldn't have even known that if I hadn't gotten all of this these other things. And that's going back to like the option piece of it. Like Mm -hmm. if I give you three options and you hate all of them, great. 
Like, <laughs> does that help you get closer to what it is that you actually want to do? I bet it does. You know, I bet it does. So at least you've, you know, narrowed out or like removed the things that you don't want. <laughs> totally. And there's so much, I just think it's so interesting because the way that we kind of like use other people in a healthy way, like when we reach out to someone to ask them something, a lot of times there's an answer you want them to say, or like you would be disappointed if they said that. And so it's this beautiful thing when you're mindful and kind of using that awareness of what's happening inside of me as I ask this, sometimes it's like, don't even answer that. Thank you so much. By me just putting it out there, I got what I needed. But to your point about like having, working with people that are able to not take what like things personally, right. Mm -hmm. And be, to be able to hold space. Like if I'm a coach and I'm giving three options and my client doesn't go with any of them, Mm -hmm. you know, from my perspective, I'm like, great. Like, what do you want to do now? Right. But I think there are situations and I found this with like family members and like even some friends where it's like, oh my gosh, you didn't go with my options. Like, am I not good enough? Like, Mm-hmm. Am I terrible? Do I not know what I'm doing? Why do, do you think, do you think blah, 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 like all of these stories yeah. that pop up? And so being able to be with somebody who is able to, you know, be okay with that and hold space is really important. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, I'm wondering your perspective. So I know the story of how we met, obviously, from my perspective. Um, But just as far as like your kind of story and kind of, you know, coming into this world and creating a community for yourself where you have people around you that you can do that with, like, what was that like for you? And what would you like, how would you advise someone who's kind of, you know, at the beginning of this journey or looking for people like that in their lives, but, you know, making friends is like an awkward thing and having really deep relationships is different. Yeah. When I look back on all of my relationships, I will say that the strongest friendships that I have are, um, you know, when I, my friendships match who I am. Mm. So the more that I'm able to become more of myself, the friendships and the people around me match that because that's what I'm available for. Mm. And so the times where I felt like insecure or like kind of like clingy or needy, like needing certain people to like kind of that dependency, I had people around me that totally served that, Mm -hmm. right? But when I look at that relationship now, I wouldn't even be available for that relationship. And, you know, I've had conversations with, with people who are like, you know, you just have like the best you know, people around you, you have people who don't judge you, right? There's a like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, because I am not judging myself as much. Mm. And so, and I'm not really available for people who are going to like, make me feel bad. (laughs) Like, it's just not even like, why? Like, that's not even something, you know, and I think there's obviously certain situations for people where, you know, maybe you have like, a family member that's like around that you have to deal with. It's not like, you know, there are some things that we don't get to choose necessarily, but I do think though that there is a level of how it affects you and and Mm -hmm. how it like affects, you know, me specifically. And so I think if you're looking to really pull together your people to like start with yourself Mm -hmm. And to really make sure that like what you're, how you're treating yourself Mm -hmm. is how you would want other people to treat you. 
because that's just, that's what's going to come back. Mm. It's interesting when you first said um, that it like relates to how much of yourself you're being, I was like going to ask the question of, okay, how do you measure, like, how do you know when you're being yourself when you're versus when you're not? And then that last thing you said, I kind of had the uh, mental image of like, oh, it's more about like kindness to yourself and like all the things were put like, I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And like kind of removing that to just be versus like being this thing that has to have certain ingredients or like a certain recipe for perfection. Right. And so it's like, okay, how do you, you know, everyone everyone's different. Everyone probably wants a different, you know, group of people around, like it's, Mm -hmm. we're all different. And so, you know, I think the support and the friendships that we have are also unique. And so it's like, okay, well, how, like who in a perfect world, like, who do I want these people to be? Like, how do I want them to treat me? How do I want them to treat themselves? And in doing that, it's like, okay, well, am I treating other people this way? Am I treating myself this way? And, and I think that's it. It's like, oh no, I'm sitting here doubtful of every single thing that I do and questioning every single thing that I do. Like, what's that about? Mm -hmm. How can we heal that? And then like, what's going to show up Mm -hmm. around me? Mm. And it doesn't mean that you have to be like perfect in order to like have that set of people, but like to be aware of it. Yeah. It's almost like embracing your humanity. And when there is like a lot of the negative stuff happening, which is very normal and natural given the society we live in, the way marketing works, the way capitalism and patriarchy, all of this stuff, like it is normal, I think at this point to have things to unpack. And like, if you have negative self-talk, that doesn't mean you're bad or doing it wrong or that this isn't available to you either. Cause it's some level that never goes away. I feel like the the name of the game is like getting better at identifying when it's happening and then taking your, taking care of yourself through it rather than like torturing yourself through it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And there's, I mean, I, (laughs) I am like managing and like looking at my thoughts every single day and it is a scary world sometimes (laughs) up there, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's not about shutting it out because you can't, you know, but it's about like fully, it's, it's about being aware of it. And then like you said, taking care of yourself. Yep. Oh, so good. I love this conversation. Thank you. Me too. Me too. One last quick question for you. Yeah. (laughs) When was the last time you laughed so hard you cried? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, or just laugh really hard. Tears are optional because different people yeah, have different tear ducts. Yeah, you know what? I I'm trying. I forget the exact like the exact circumstance. Like I forget the exact mm-hmm. like what was said. But I remember it was with my husband Kyle, and he he comes out with these like one liners that are mm-hmm. just like so <laughs> hilarious. And I remember just like cracking up and not being able to stop. And then I would like think about it again. Mm -hmm. And then I would start laughing again. And in that moment, I just remember thinking, wow, laughter is so important. Yes. There was like all of these, I could just feel like the chemicals going through my body. And it was just like everything it was just focused on this pure joy and appreciation of this other person. 
and just like the feeling inside. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it did happen. It happened again, probably like a week or two later. And I was just like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the joy and presence. And I do think there's like tons of healing properties just in laughter because you're so in the moment when that is happening. Uh-huh. I just had a, um, a memory pop up on Facebook a day or two ago that said, like laughter is the most fun you can have without touching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. And it's true. And I think that's why comedy is a thing too, is because yeah. like we're releasing together and sometimes that laughter is just as good as a good cry, but just in the other direction on the spectrum. I would say also, I get like a kick out of when you do like different accents and like when you say, <laughs> <laughs> I just send you messages and different voices. It's fine. Like British. And it's just like, yeah, it really the best. Just depends on my like mood that day. Like which character is going to show up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've like, that has also been like so much joy and what's so nice. You're right. Like what's so nice about that is it feels like we're so connected, Mm -hmm. but we're like not to get like, we're not together, but it feels like we're together. Yep. Yep. There's so much connection and laughter. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, this conversation I think is so juicy. Thank you so much for sharing and being open and for being here. And thank you for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for you too. (laughs) My pleasure. Hey, it's Erin. And I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.